Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We are broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And as always, I'm your host, Richard Holdridge. We have got a great show for you. I did not have a guest on the show yesterday. Kind of went a little short. I didn't have a guest on the podcast but Rob Frazier was the guest on the radio show as his interview did go over. I tell you, I actually did my show early in the morning yesterday. And a lot of news, especially in NFL-related, broke right after my show was published. You know, we can actually talk all day about Russell Wilson going to the Broncos. There's a lot to talk about. But Aaron Rodgers staying put in Green Bay. You have NFL teams doing the franchise tag. You have NFL free agency coming up. But the biggest story, and I believe this is the biggest sports story this year, and this is why the NFL is relevant during the offseason, because I can get on here and talk everything NFL Russell Wilson, Denver Broncos, what are the expectations? Seattle Seahawks in a rebuilding year. Oh, it's just incredible. As a 49ers fan, I'm ecstatic, jumping for joy. Yeah, Russell Wilson no longer in the NFC West. I will get into that. Of course, we have all the local stuff that I want to cover. March Madness, the Spencer Greenway boys are in the state title game tonight up in Macon. But be safe out there. There's a lot of thunderstorms. It's been raining all week. I'm guessing that the baseball games are canceled if there are any baseball games. I didn't even bother to look to see if there was any baseball games because I figured they would be canceled. I got to call a Russell County baseball game on Friday night. I'm not even 100% sure it's going to be playing. But I do have a game that I'm calling tomorrow night as the Columbus Rapids men and women's team are taking on the Rome Gladiators. I will have the call on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. That's always a treat. I enjoy calling those games. But let's get right into the show. So the Seattle Seahawks trade Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos in a blockbuster deal. This is the biggest trade I've ever seen. The Broncos trade Drew Locke, tied in Noah Fant, Defensive lineman Shelby Harris, two first-round draft picks, two second-round draft picks, and a fifth-round draft pick to the Seattle Seahawks for Russell Wilson. Now, the big question is, are the Denver Broncos now the favorites to reach the Super Bowl in the AFC? Well, hold on just a second. Now, Russell Wilson's going to a better team with better weapons, but he's also going into a division with Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Derek Carr. Also, the AFC... Still has Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, still has some great quarterback play. The AFC quarterback play has taken a step above the NFC quarterback play because with Drew Brees retiring last year, Tom Brady retiring, Aaron Rodgers is staying put in Green Bay, which is fine. Green Bay is going to be one of the favorites in the NFC. The 49ers are going to move off of Jimmy Garoppolo. And we're not 100% sure if is Dak Prescott the third best quarterback in the NFC. So if you're a Seattle Seahawks fan this morning, and also to add insult to injury, the Seahawks released their all-pro middle linebacker, Bobby Wagner. (laughs) Seattle is really in a rebuilding year now. I don't feel bad for you. You make the bed you lie in. 
you decided to retain your 70-year-old NFL head coach who's been old school. He's a defensive rah-rah coach. He's never been an X's and O's coach. Pete Carroll, when they gave him power once Seattle won the Super Bowl, Seattle was never the same team when they lost that Super Bowl to the Patriots. I love watching that game because I love seeing Richard Sherman's facial expression, but also Seattle never recovered from that. They never recovered from the Legion of Boom and Marshawn Lynch, and they try hitting home runs by trading for safety Jamal Adams. He's a safety. Russell Wilson was frustrated. The last couple of years, he had his first losing season in his career in Seattle, and he said enough is enough. He wanted out. He couldn't go to a better situation. The Denver Broncos have weapons everywhere. Their wide receiver core, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. Now, they're getting rid of Noah Fant, but Denver has some young players that can rally around, and they have a great defense. There's talks that Von Miller might come back to Denver. Russell Wilson is in the best situation he could possibly be in. Now, as for Seattle, get ready for a rebuilding year. I don't think they're going to have Drew Locke in the long-term deal. I think they go after a quarterback, maybe in Deshaun Watson, maybe even Carson Wentz, because Seattle cannot compete in the NFC West with a 70-year-old head coach in Pete Carroll. They've been duct-taping their offensive game plans just throughout their history in the last couple of years. And you got to play Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford twice, Cliff Kingsbury, Kyler Murray twice, and Kyle Shanahan twice. And I don't think that... Trey Lance is ready to take the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but I think that Trey Lance is going to have some growing pains in his first year as a starter. And the 49ers do take a step back, but I still think they are a really good team. It's just the class in that division is still the Rams and possibly the Cardinals, but they need to pay Kyler Murray. And how about Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos? You know, as NFL fans, we get to see Russell Wilson and Patrick Mahomes twice a year. Thank you. Yes. The real winners this morning are the NFL fans. You get to see, I want to see, I cannot wait for the NFL schedule release to come out because those are going to be some massive primetime games. Chiefs, Broncos, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders, Broncos. In fact, here's what the Denver Broncos schedule is going to be like for next year. They take on the San Francisco 49ers. So the 49ers don't get away from having to play Russell Wilson as they will take on the 49ers will take on Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos at Mile High Stadium. Russell Wilson gets to face his old team as the Broncos will take on the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle. That's going to be a big game. They got a pretty easy schedule at Carolina against the New York Jets. They take on the Tennessee Titans, the Baltimore Ravens. Looking forward to seeing that quarterback showdown between Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson and the Indianapolis Colts. We don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be the starter in Indy, but that division It's incredible. And the Broncos will take on the Rams, Matthew Stafford and company. So it's a pretty easy schedule for the Broncos. They don't have to take on the Bengals or the Bills, but that division is going to be great. All right, so the big news story that broke right after my show yesterday, and I thought I was going to lead with it this morning, was that Aaron Rodgers made his decision. He has decided to stay in Green Bay. I think this is the right decision because he has a good offensive head coach in Matt LaFleur that has coached the Packers to 13 games in his first three seasons. That's the highest winning percentage for a first-year coach in the regular season. The Packers have franchise-tagged Devontae Adams. David Bakhtiari, they're going to pay. The Packers still have a great team. They have a weak division, and they're going to win in the regular season. When they get into the postseason, and right now there's a collision course for the Packers and the Rams to meet in the NFC Championship. I'm not calling it just yet because we don't know what the NFL season is going to look like after NFL free agency. The 49ers are planning on 
trying to go after J.C. Jackson. If that's the case and they get Jason Verrett back, they've solved their corner problems because Ambry Thomas can go play over as a backup as a nickel corner. I mean, what if Trey Lance turns out to be what everybody in San Francisco hopes for? Then the 49ers are back in the consideration of being a Super Bowl contender. I just know that the NFC South just got weaker with Tom Brady retiring. The Falcons won't have Calvin Ridley. The Panther situation at quarterback is unstable and so are the Saints because we don't know what it's going to look like if they have Jameis Winston or not. They might trade for another quarterback. They did pay a lot of money to Taysom Hill, but is he going to be the long-term situation in New Orleans? Oh, you thought March Madness was crazy on Monday night. Let the madness begin if it hasn't already begun. We had the start of the ACC first round tournament and there's really no big pressure on these teams. I don't think any of these teams in the first round are going to make the tournament. You had Boston College beating Pittsburgh, Clemson beating NC State, and Georgia Tech's season comes to an end. No more magic this year. They lose to Louisville 84-74. to Georgia Tech finishes with a 12-20 and record, and I believe that Josh Pastner will be fired. So there will be two head coaching vacancies in the state of Georgia, one for Georgia Tech and one for Georgia. Which is the more intriguing job? If Georgia has the facilities, they can recruit and get players. If you're a basketball player in the state of Georgia, would you rather go to Georgia or would you rather go to Georgia Tech? Because Georgia Tech does have the rich tradition and history with Bobby Crimmins in the 1980s and the 1990s. They were nicknamed Point Guard U. There are a lot of great NBA players that played at Georgia Tech. But there's also great NBA players that played at Georgia. You have Dominique Wilkins. You have Contavious Caldwell-Pope. You have Vern Fleming. You have Anthony Edwards. You know, Georgia did make it to the Final Four that one year in 1983. But since then, they haven't done anything as far as college basketball and competing, even when they make it into the NCAA tournament. And I still am very bitter and salty for them firing Mark Fox. He was a very good, decent head coach that led Georgia to 18, 19 wins every year. And he had Georgia in the tournament twice. I mean, Tom Crean was a step down from Dennis Felton. I know that Georgia still trying to recover from the Jim Herrick years when they went on probation in the early 2000s. But Georgia basketball is unacceptable. They take on Vanderbilt tonight. They're about to lose in the first round of the SEC tournament and get there. Get this, 26th loss. They've already broke the record for most losses in program history. They're about to finish 6-26. So it is inevitable that Tom Crean should be out. Now, where do they go for their next head coach? Indy infield with USC is, looks like a candidate. You know, He led Florida Gulf Coast to the Sweet 16. He seems like a very good candidate. But do you try to rehash an old coach, bring back Dennis Felton or Mark Fox? Or what about Mike Woodson? Mike Woodson, his first year in Indiana, he did coach for the Hawks. He has ties to Atlanta. I think Mike Woodson would be a good head coach. Uh, I think that they could go the NBA route. You know, these young coaches actually are working out the former NBA players that are coaching at their alma mater. So looking at the other scores, last night we had more teams punch their ticket into the NCAA tournament. Bellarmine beat Jacksonville in the Atlantic Sun Championship 77-72. However, they will not be eligible 
to make it into the NCAA tournament as they are still in transition to move to NCAA Division One. With that being said, Jacksonville State, who won the regular season conference tournament, will get the bid. We have Bryant that beat Wagner 70-43 to in the Northeast Conference Tournament Final, and Bryant makes it to the NCAA tournament for the first time in school history. I love seeing these programs that make it to the tournament their first time in program history. We have Wright State that came back and beat Northern Kentucky 72-71. to They were down 16 points on Northern Kentucky. I actually was watching the score of this game last night and thought that Northern Kentucky was going to punch their bid, but Wright State gets the job done. You also have the Summit League Championship Final is as South Dakota State beats North Dakota State 75-69 to to punch their ticket into the dance. Gonzaga is more than likely going to be the overall number one seed as they beat St. Mary's 82-69 to to win the West Coast Conference Tournament. And now I'm going to preview some of the games today. This is a big basketball day today, especially as the Spencer Green Wave boys team will be in Macon at 7.30 tonight to take on Westover to play for the GHSAA State Championship for 4A. Spencer has gotten close, but they finally could get over the hump and get this victory. But you do have a lot of college basketball tonight. If you are a big college basketball fan, you could start watching conference tournaments as early as 11.30 this morning. As Idaho's taking on Sacramento State, that has got to be an 8.30 start. Where is this game being played? In Idaho. That is a 9.30 start. That is crazy. I, I, If I was a basketball player, I wouldn't want to play at 9.30 in the morning. You have Syracuse taking on Florida State. Boston College taking on Wake's, Wake Forest. You have Stanford taking on Arizona State. Uh, so here's some of the finals. I'm looking at some of the finals. Navy is taking on Colgate in the Patriot League Championship. And you have a first-round game, Georgetown taking on Seton Hall. Georgetown, 6-24. and 24. They have really fallen off. Another team that has fallen off, and I'm critical of these teams that just completely fall off the map the following year. Oregon State, they're taking on Oregon tonight in the Pac-12, the first round of the Pac-12 tournament. Oregon State had an abysmal 3-27 record. Unbelievable. All right, with that being said, we have a lot of basketball tonight. Looking at the NBA, the Atlanta Hawks suffered their worst defeat in the regular season this year, losing to the Detroit Pistons. They just can't get over the hump and get to 500. They're still in playoff contention, but they will take on the champs tonight in Milwaukee at 8 p.m. The Lakers are taking on the Rockets. This looks like a bounce-back game for the Lakers. LeBron is going to show up. He's going to prove that the Lakers are still a good team, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win this game. A winnable game against a lowly Houston team. Although Houston sometimes can surprise you because they did beat Memphis the other night. But last night in the NBA, the Brooklyn Nets beat the Charlotte Hornets on the road. Kyrie Irving scores 50 points. And Brooklyn fighting for their playoff lives get back to 500. Cleveland beats the Indiana Pacers on the road. You had the Suns beat the Magic. The Grizzlies beating the Pelicans. The Bucks beating the Thunder. And the Warriors snap a five-game losing streak by defeating the LA Clippers. You know, I'm a big Warriors fan, and I know that James Wiseman might come to play. I was happy they won their three championships in 2015, 
2017 and 2018. Mainly, they won those last two championships because they had Kevin Durant. But I'm excited to see these young players. Of course, you have your core with Draymond Green, Klay Thompson, and Steph Curry. I love seeing these young players. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, that step in. Jordan Poole, he has stepped in and done a great job. And that's why this Warriors team is fun and they're going to compete. I don't think they're going to win a championship this year. But they're going to at least get into the playoffs. you got to understand that I completely jumped ship on the Warriors in the 90s. The biggest moment that happened for me when I was a kid, they had a very good group of players. When they had Chris Webber, Latrell Sprewell, they had Tim Hardaway. This was after they traded away Chris Mullen. When I was a kid, I rooted for the Warriors and run TMC. They had such a fun, exciting team. And they had a player named Latrell Sprewell who was uh, starting to become a star in Golden State. Well, an incident back in 1997, because I remember, because that was the year I moved to Sacramento, I was still a Warriors fan. Latrell Sprewell choked his coach, P.J. Carlissimo, and was suspended for the remainder of the season. And then in the offseason, they traded him to the Knicks for John Starks and some other pieces. But that started the demise of the Golden State Warriors. And they were so bad. They missed out on the playoffs. The last time they made the playoffs, 1993. And then they finally made the playoffs in 2007. Well, guess what? Guess which up-and-coming team started to catch the eye of me as a casual basketball fan living in Sacramento? You guessed it, the Sacramento Kings. I lived in Sacramento from 1997 to 2005. During that time, the Sacramento Kings were considered the greatest show on court. They made the playoffs every year, including a trip to the Western Conference Finals in 2002, which till this day, I still feel they should have beat the Lakers. In fact, Tim Donaghy wrote in his book that he was fixing game six. I mean, so it's clear that the Lakers should have an asterisk behind two of their championships, One in 2002 and one in 2020 for playing it in a bubble. Not trying to be salty, but, you know, I just don't like the Lakers. But I love the Sacramento Kings. I still, I'm a very casual basketball fan. When I was living in Memphis, I rooted for the Grizzlies. Living in Georgia, I'm rooting for the Hawks. And when I was a kid, I was really all about the stars. I loved Shaq and Penny in Orlando. I loved Glenn Robinson and Vin Baker and Ray Allen in Milwaukee. I love Larry Johnson and Alonzo Mourning in Charlotte. I was a big fan of the stars. And the Warriors were the team, the local team I grew up rooting for. And it's okay to to jump off and, and root for the local team that you... It's okay to root for the local team. And living in Sacramento, I rooted for the Sacramento Kings because they were the local team. But the Warriors will always be the team I grew up rooting for. I know that they had some hard times. I mean, so do the 49ers. They went 10 years without making a playoff. I've come to learn you never want to abandon your team. But I have to be honest with you, the Sacramento Kings were so flashy and so excited. They were so exciting. Anytime they played the Warriors, it's kind of like how I felt every time the Falcons played the 49ers. I really didn't care who won. I liked both teams. But deep down inside, I was rooting for the 49ers. Kind of the same thing. Deep down inside, I was rooting for the Golden State Warriors. But I still felt that this team was in turmoil. And it wasn't until when they got Baron Davis and the whole We Believe Warriors in 2007 that everything changed. Getting Steph Curry... 
getting Clay Thompson. I watch that documentary all the time about how they built that dynasty and those key players. And don't forget about Harrison Barnes. They drafted him as well. And they had such a great core of players. It wasn't just Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. It was also Draymond Green. It was also David Lee. It was Andrew Bogut. It was Harrison Barnes, Leonardo Barbosa, Sean Livingston. They had Andre Iguodala. They had such great role players that allowed them to win that first championship. I mean, the first championship was special, but when they got Kevin Durant, that just put it over the top. In two, I remember exactly where I was. July of 2016, the Warriors signed Kevin Durant. That was the biggest free agent acquisition for me as a fan since Barry Bonds went to the Giants in 1993. But as a San Francisco 49ers fan, and I'm bringing it back to Russell Wilson because I could probably spend all day talking about Russell Wilson on this show. As a 49ers fan, I could not be happier that Russell Wilson is not playing for the Seattle Seahawks anymore. And a great weight has lifted off my shoulders as a fan. Absolutely. This is the greatest day as a sports fan since Shaq and Kobe broke up in 2004. I mean, when the Lakers traded away Shaq to the Miami Heat, that was a great day too. Because you got to understand, as a Sacramento Kings slash Warriors fan, the Los Angeles Lakers in the 2000s with Shaq and Kobe were unstoppable. And I felt they were going to win multiple championships. They won three. They could have won more. But I think they were just rocked by losing to the Detroit Pistons in the 2004 NBA Finals because they had a stacked team. They got Gary Payton and Karl Malone. A lot of people forgot about that team. That team was poised to win another title. They brought Karl Malone over just to get him a ring. The Detroit Pistons with no Hall of Famers, no players that made the top 75 win the NBA Finals. They're probably the most improbable team to win the NBA Finals. Thomas Dimitrov should never be allowed to be a GM in the National Football League ever again. If you look at the Calvin Ridley debacle, as there was a tweet that was brought to my attention early this morning by Mike Bell from 92.9 The Game up in Atlanta, which I've met, by the way. I've met Dukes and Bell. They're great guys. He talked about how Thomas Dimitrov completely botched the 2018 draft. I'll take it a step further. I'm going to go back to when Thomas Dimitrov took over as the GM in Atlanta in 2008. I had high hopes he did have a good pick in Matt Ryan. If you look at 2008, he gets a pass because he drafted Matt Ryan. He did draft Harry Douglas in the third round. He was a decent wide receiver. Sam Baker's out of the league. Curtis Lofton out of the league. Chevis Jackson Coy Bierman out of the league. Thomas Deku was a starter. Got him in the third round. All right. So that first draft, I'll give him a pass because he drafted Matt Ryan. Let's go to 2009. Perret Jerry. He was the big signee for the Falcons. A defensive tackle picked in the 24th with the 24th overall pick in the first round out of Mississippi, out of Ole Miss. And he only had five sacks. He was Injury prone, he only started in 64 games. William Moore, I give him that. He had 16 interceptions. But after that, Chris Owens, Lawrence Sidbury, William Middleton, Garrett Owens, some pretty horrific picks. Now let's go to the 2010 draft. Sean Weatherspoon, Corey Peters. Okay, there were okay picks. But then in 2011, when he traded all those draft picks just to get Julio Jones, That was not 
a great move. The Falcons already had Roddy White and Michael Jenkins. I know they wanted to get more vertical, but you're going to sell the farm just to draft Julio Jones, which, yes, he's been the greatest wide receiver in Falcons history, and they moved off of him this year. And I know I'm going back 11 years ago, but look at the ripple effect by trading up to get Julio Jones. They did not have a second-round pick in 2011. They did get Hakeem Dent, great guy. I've actually met him. He was their middle linebacker, played for Georgia. Jaquiz Rogers was a third-string running back at best. And then they didn't have a fourth-round pick. They had Matt Bosher, Andrew Jackson, Cliff Matthews. Not, not a very good draft in 2011, with the exception of Julio Jones. This is where Thomas Dimitrov should have got fired after 2012. The 2012 NFL draft, he goes offensive line with the first two picks. Peter Kahn's absolute bust. Lamar Holmes, absolute bust. They didn't have a first-round pick in 2012 because they traded away the first-round pick to get Julio Jones to Cleveland. Brady Ewing, Jonathan Massacoy, Charles Mitchell, and Travian Robertson. That was a complete wash. I don't know which was a worse GM in 2012, Trent Baalke or Thomas Dimitrov, because both were pretty bad. Trent Baalke's got a job with Jacksonville, but Thomas Dimitrov should not be allowed to ever be a GM in the National Football League ever again. Moving on to 2013, so the Falcons decided, okay, we're going to get big at corner. We're going to take the best two cornerbacks available. They did take Desmond Trufant. He did win a Pro Bowl. He did go to the Pro Bowl. He's had 14 interceptions in his career. Then they took Robert Alford, a decent corner, but they had other needs. Levine Toloilo, Malachi Goodman. Every pick after the fourth round doesn't even play for the team anymore. All right, so 2014, they pretty much had to address the offensive line. They got the best offensive lineman available, Jake Matthews. He hasn't been an all-pro. He's been a formidable offensive tackle. But he hasn't been an all-pro. Devonta Freeman they got in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, that was an okay pick. Rashid Hagman, absolute bust. Desmond Southward, absolute bust. Ricardo Allen, still in the league. Okay, I'll give him that. Prince Shimbo, bust. All right, in 2015. Now, say what you want about the Vic Beasley draft pick because he was the best pass rusher. The Falcons needed a pass rusher in 2015. They got Vic Beasley. He had one great season where he had 15 and a half sacks. Since then, he hasn't done anything else. I would say that that was a bad draft. I would say that that was not the pick. The best pick that Thomas Dimitrov ever picked after Matt Ryan was Grady Jarrett in the fifth round. And he has been just a franchise defensive tackle for the Falcons. But other than that, Jalen Collins, not on the team anymore. Tevin Coleman, was a decent running back, but he's not a star. And Justin Hardy, I don't even know what he's doing. All right, so 2016, this is where he kind of redeems himself in 2016. If you want to say this is what kept him employed, was he did get Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, Austin Hooper, Devondre Campbell. The first four picks were big players in their Super Bowl run. And then they really fall off. 2017, they get Tack McKinley. They really thought that they were going to have this surefire pass rusher to complement Vic Beasley. He's turned out to be not a very good player. Duke Riley, 
absolute bust. Sean Harlow, Devontae KZ is not even on the team anymore. The reason why he had so many interceptions is because the Falcons had all those injuries in 2017. In 2018, this is where Mike Bell actually went off and talked about all the picks that Dimitrov got, which this was his undoing. This is what caused Thomas Dimitrov to get fired in Atlanta. Calvin Ridley, Isaiah Oliver, Deidre Sanat, and Ido Smith. He said two of them are out of the league, one is on the practice squad, and one suspended for the rest of the season. Now, Foyle Okulin and Russell Gage, both six-rounders in the 2018 NFL Draft, they're players, but they're not stars. I mean, if you're like this great GM that you would end up getting great players. And of course, his final season, A.J. Terrell, he's one of the best cornerbacks in the league. But I still think you've had 10 years to build the Falcons. He got some hits on the picks. But if you're a GM, I don't know how you as a GM was employed for 10 years as the Falcons have been a huge disappointment because they don't have the talent around Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan is eating a lot of salary. So hopefully the Terry Fontenot era turns out better than the Thomas Dimitrov era. And so far, so good. Kyle Pitts looks like a good pickup. But the jury is still out on just about everybody else. Richie Grant, I'd like to see him in year two. Jalen Mayfield, well, you know, he's a backup offensive lineman. They picked him in the third round. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, Thomas Dimitrov should not have a job. Oh, this has been a great show. I've been on a rant. As I approach the two-year anniversary of the day the sports died, I cannot believe how fast that this podcast has grown. I know I lose half my audience when football season is over, but I'll talk football. We got NFL free agency. We got the Russell Wilson trade. We got a lot to talk about. We have OTAs in May. We have training camp in July. It's a lot to talk about, and I hopefully I can do it. So thank you for listening to this podcast. I hope that everybody has a great rest of your day, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is broadcasted out of Columbus, Georgia, and focuses on the local and national sports scene. I am Richard Holdridge. If you have a sports question or if you would like to be a guest on the show, just inbox me on my Facebook page, The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, or on my Twitter feed. And as always, I hope that you have a blessed day. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been the Sports Beat with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.